Hello there, and welcome to Odessa First Assembly's weekly podcast, where we bring you the heart of our Sunday message. I'm Tony, your host and the face behind our digital ministry. We're excited to dive into today's sermon, exploring the Word of God together. So grab your coffee, find a comfy spot, and let's embark on this journey of faith. Without further ado, here's this week's sermon. Thank y'all for doing that. That was, I told that's like, I haven't seen some of those pictures. So I know some family had to be contacted, but uh, we were young. We were young. I was youth pastoring here in Odessa at Open Door, but uh, wow, such a long time ago. I was telling somebody just a while ago that we would have got married about two months after our first date, but my father-in-law wouldn't let us. And so we had to wait a little while. We had to wait till September, but uh, if you have your Bible, sort of Matthew chapter 11. Um, I want to share with something with you. It's what the Lord kind of put on my heart. Uh, we'll be starting some new series this fall. We're excited about, but this is just kind of just a message I wanted to share. Matthew chapter 11 is where we're looking, and it's, it's how to find that discouragement in difficult times. And that even in the midst of uh, trouble, in the midst of, of struggle and tribulation and battle, that you can still be, have an encouragement in the Lord. And so encouragement when in doubt is what I want to share with you this morning. So Matthew chapter 11, beginning in verse 2, but I just want to pray really quick before we get started. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this morning, just your work and your spirit in the house. We just ask you to speak to us. Lord, I pray that our hearts would be good soil, ready to receive your word. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Matthew chapter 11, beginning in verse 2. It says, John the Baptist, who was in prison. Everybody say, in prison. You got to say it louder because only about half of you are here. Say, in prison. Heard about all the things the Messiah was doing. So he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the Messiah we've been expecting or should we keep looking for someone else? Jesus told them, go back to John and tell him, what you have heard and seen. Verse five, the blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. And he added, God blesses those who do not fall away because of me. As, as John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began talking about him to the crowds. What kind of man did you go into the wilderness to see? Was he a weak reed swayed by every breath of wind? Or were you expecting to see a man dressed in inexpensive clothes? No people with expensive clothes live in palaces. Verse 9, were you looking for a prophet? Yes, he is more than a prophet. John is the man whom the scripture refers when they say, look, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you and he'll prepare your way before you. I tell you the truth, all who have ever lived, none is greater than John the Baptist. Yet even the least person in the kingdom of God is greater than he is. What an interesting encounter with Jesus that is happening. I, you know, there are, if I know we have veterans, but many that have served in the forces and actually saw um, combat conditions that there's actually a thing called combat fatigue and I think the same thing can even happen in a similar 
condition can happen in people who serve in a church who go to church, who just live their life for the Lord, there can be, um, there may be other terms, but a, a, a compassion fatigue. Sometimes as we live this life out, uh, you know, sometimes things get hard. Sometimes we, we spend ourselves and we expend ourselves. Maybe, you know, whether it's with our family or, or maybe it's a workplace that kind of even sometimes suck life out of us. But there are times where we just get tired. And regardless of your position or even, and it's not about a maturity thing. I think sometimes we think that, you know, people that have been serving the Lord longer, they don't contend with that kind of stuff. I'm going to tell you, I mean, as, as that river, you know, the spirit of God flowing out of you, sometimes it can, it, it can exhaust you. And it, let, let, there's not one of us in the room that doesn't deal with seasons or times or uh, that you just get down. We, we give and we give, we give to our spouse, we give to our families, we give to our church, we serve, we volunteer, we become taxis for the kids. Some of you know what I'm talking about. Games, functions, school needs, caretakers of, of loved ones and spouses or parents. And it, it's, it, it exhausts us. But I want to point out in verses 2 and 3, Matthew 11, 2 and 3, I want us to read that again. John the Baptist, who was in prison, heard all the things the Messiah was doing. So he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the Messiah we've been expecting or should we be looking for someone else? Now, just I don't know if you've already made the connection, but follow me just a moment. I mean, you realize we're talking about John the Baptist. John the Baptist is the same guy that in John chapter 1, about two years, 18 months or two years before this moment, says in John chapter 1 verse 29, talking about Jesus, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So let's fast forward two years, John the Baptist in prison and he sends his disciples, those under him, to go talk to Jesus. Are you Jesus? Are, are you processing this? So at one point, two years prior, he's saying, look, the Lamb of God. Two years later, he finds himself in prison and he's saying, are you really Jesus? John chapter, a few verses down, let's read this together. John chapter one, verse 32. It says, then John tests, so this is, he makes this announcement and he says, and he's talking about when he baptized Jesus. He just didn't announce Jesus, but he's the one that baptized him. And he said, I saw the Holy Spirit. I mean, this picture, imagine this encounter, okay? And so John the Baptist is talking about it. I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove and resting upon him. I didn't know he was the one but when God sent me to baptize with water, I mean, God spoke to me. God said to me, the one whom the Spirit descends and rests will be the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. And so here he has this encounter. He sees the Holy Spirit descend like a dove, rest on Jesus, and confirming a word that God had gave to him. And yet two years later, are you really Jesus? 
Are, are, you, are, are, we, are we tracking together on this? The one whom you see to sin. I saw this happen to Jesus. Verse 34, John 1, 34. I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testify that he is the chosen one of God. He's saying he is the Lamb of God. He is the Messiah. He is Jesus. I mean, you remember like when that first encounter with God you had, how fresh it was? And then, I mean, life happens, doesn't it? Temptations come and we fail, we mess up, we fall. And so here, a couple of years later, John the Baptist, are you really, are you really Jesus? Are you really the guy? And so he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the Messiah? And it's even more than that. If, can I just remind you that John the Baptist is Jesus's cousin? <laughs> I mean, they, they grew up going to family reunion together. And, you know, whenever you, you know, when, when parents start bragging about their kids, I mean, Mary's telling Elizabeth, oh, well, we, I mean, Jesus disappeared when he was 12. <laughs> and and the, all the scholars in the temple were at all because of Jesus. You know, I, I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sure it didn't happen quite that way, but... There's some history there. They knew about, I mean, when Jesus came on the scene to get baptized, he knew exactly who John the Baptist was. And matter of fact, even said about John the Baptist, hey, remember, there's a prophecy about John the Baptist that he was going to prepare a way before me. And all John the Baptist was doing was doing what God had called him to do. And yet he hit a point because of being in prison where he had a question about Jesus. I want to tell you this morning, you will face things in life and you will go through things in life that'll make you wonder if God is real. You will go, can we just be honest for a moment? I mean, not that I'm not always honest, but I mean, just, just let me speak some truth to you. You are going to go through situations that are going to make you doubt who God is, who God is in you, and his plan for your life. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. You're going to have struggles where you wonder, is, that, is God's promise for me what he spoke to me is it really going to happen is it really for real does God really love me does God really see me does God really care about me and so think about this John the Baptist's obedience is what got him in the prison number one is this obedience is more important than the accolades Obedience is more important than the accolades. You know, where uh, one of those pictures in that video was had a had her had her uh, had her had her uh, had AJ, one of our, our dog. That's he's he's gone now, but um, AJ was special to us. You know, it's amazing how you know those pets can almost come like a, you know become family. And so I've been this, we lost him a couple of years ago, but I've been really resistant about another dog. And I got talked into one. And so we have this little 
well, I'm not going to say what I usually call him because Angela doesn't like it, but this little, this, this, this little puppy, this little furry puppy, he's like the, one of these designer doodle puppies. He is an annoying dog. I had forgotten what it's like to have a puppy. But you know, in, in training that puppy, I, I, I was thinking, before I even started about this sermon, I was thinking about it. I was like, you know what? I was like, I wonder if, you know, you just wonder sometimes how God sees you. And I think sometimes God's got to see us like that little annoying puppy. <laughs> but here's what we do sometimes in life, you know. We do something that we're supposed to be doing. And we're like, ta-da! Oh, come on now. I mean, you're following me on this, right? I mean, it's like, you know, we do something, you know, we, we tithe or we serve or we volunteer or we do, I mean, we do something in this Christian life that we should be doing anyway. And they're like, okay, God, see me, see me, see me. Uh, This must not be landing. I don't, (laughs) but listen. The, the fulfillment is not found in who sees you doing what. It's found in the obedience. Because obedience, listen to me, this is, this is for free. Obedience attracts the favor of God. Obedience attracts the favor of God. And I would rather have the favor of God than man's applause. <laughs> I didn't even write that down. I I would rather have the favor of God than your applause. Not that the applause doesn't hurt every now and then. I'm not saying don't encourage one another. And so why was John, John the Baptist, I mean, the short of it was he was put in the prison because he was speaking truth to a man called Herod Antipas. And he was the son of Herod the Great. And he had preached against him uh, some really bad, I mean, long story short, he was shacking up with his niece. And John the Baptist was speaking truth, and so he was thrown into prison. He was doing what he was supposed to be doing, what God led him to do, and yet he still finds himself in a prison. Sometimes that, that happens. It, sometimes we get to the place where I'm just being faithful. I'm not supposed to. It shouldn't be this hard right now. I, 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 I shouldn't be going through this trial right now. Lord, I, I, I mean, ha, you know, and it makes us doubt. It makes us struggle. But I want to remind you a promise. It's Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Let us not get tired of doing. And it's those moments, right, when, when life gets real and, and the struggle happens and you're just trying to live your life for the Lord. I'm going to tell you, it's going to get hard sometimes. And in that moment, you know what you do? Even if you don't see the, 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 you know, the finish line, even if you don't see the purpose in it all, the Bible tells us don't get tired of doing good. Don't get tired of, and I want to tell you that this morning, don't get tired of doing well. Do not get tired of doing what is good, even if you don't see the purpose. Even if you don't get the pat on the back that you think you should get. Still be the spouse that you need to be. Still be the parent that you need to be. 
Do not grow weary doing well, because the promise is this. If you do not give up, the scripture tells us, you're going to reap a harvest. You're going to see the faithfulness of the Lord. It doesn't always happen on our time frame, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen. But so many times, God's trying to do this work in us, and because we see ourselves in some kind of, you know, perceived low point or valley or prison, and God is trying to bless us, but we can't receive the blessing. I'm convinced the enemy, you know, I've heard, I heard it all my life. You know, the enemy just wants to rob the blood. And so something good happens. And then it seems like the attack always happens. And, and that's true. But what I have found out is it's also he attacks you before the blessing can happen. Why? Because when the breakthrough happens, he doesn't want you to be happy about it. That's, I'm preaching really good this morning for a holiday weekend that half of our church is missing right now. Maybe this will teach them. No, I, take time off. You need time off for your family. You do. So Jesus told him. So, you know, Jesus doesn't get mad, but Jesus, verse 4, I want to pick up Matthew eleven four. 4. Jesus told them, go back to John and tell him what you have heard and seen. He doesn't say, John the Baptist, you know me, bro. Go back and tell him what you've heard and seen. The blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached. You know, I mean, what, what, what Jesus is doing here, he, he's giving that word of encouragement. Listen, John, I know that you're in prison right now, but how you live life was not in vain. How you live, you were faithful. You did not do it in vain. What you sacrificed for is happening. Now I think that's good stuff. Verse 7, I want the second thing I want to point out really quick is that, and so John's disciples were leaving, and I love this. John, so the, he tells the disciples, go tell John this, and so they're leaving, but Jesus continues when you look at our context. He began talking about him. Who's him? John the, so, so the disciples, John's disciples are leaving. And so Jesus starts talking about John the Baptist to the crowd. What kind of man did you go in the wilderness and see? Was he a weak? And so he, he describes it. Or did you expect to see a man? And expect, no. Verse 8. People, you know, they live in palaces. Verse 9. Were you looking for a prophet? Yes. And that's where he brings up this prophecy, which we'll talk about in just a moment. Look, I'm sending a, my messenger ahead of you. I tell you the truth. Look, at, look what he says. Of all who have ever lived, none is greater than John the Baptist. I, you know what? I, there, there may be all kinds of ways that I could, I could break that down. But I, if you're in the room this morning, if you're in the room and you know you know that somebody has talked bad about you behind your back. I want you to raise your hand. You know that somebody, I mean, some of us got to kind of go like this, you know. <laughs> I mean, right? And I think sometimes we project those things, maybe even onto the Lord. But the problem is, the reason we do that is because it's really what we think of ourselves. I'm going to get really deep right now. <laughs> See, the proverb says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. 
As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And so what, sometimes we walk around life and that's, that's our confession of ourselves. I'm a loser. I mess up all the time. I can't do anything right. I can't get it right. I always mess up. I, I can't live for God right. I, I, really, the, the reality is you don't have to worry about people talking bad about you. You got to worry about you talking bad about you. And so what I want to remind you of is when you're a child of God, you need to be reminded of what God says about you. You know what God says about you? That you're his child. You know what God says about you? That he loves you with an everlasting love. You know what God says about you? He'll be a father to the fatherless. You know what God says about you? That you've been bought and paid for with a price that he was willing to pay and did pay. You know what God says about you? That you're his masterpiece, his workmanship. You know what God says about you? You're more than a conqueror through Christ. That's what God says about you. Don't listen what the enemy is trying to tell you. You got to look at the word of God, what he says about you. And in that moment, in that valley, in that prison, you've got to be reminded who God says that you are. And so number one is to realize that sometimes obedience, you don't get the applause. But number two is this. Don't compare your behind the scenes with everybody else's highlight reel. If there is anything that will depress you, is to compare your struggle with somebody else's victory. I know I've talked about this before, right? But you know, I don't tend, I know there are some people that need a Facebook class or a social media class. Listen, y'all, can I, you know, can I just, can I just pause, can we hit the pause button for a moment? I, I, can I, I just want to speak some emotional maturity into your life right now. Is that okay? Stop the passive aggressive venting on social media. There, I said it. We're okay. We can move on. I mean, but normally I don't post all the bad stuff or battles or fights in my life on social media. And so if you scroll through my feed, you know, you're going to see some cool pictures You're going to see some neat trips. You're, you're going to hear about men going to, you know, a restaurant downtown on a Friday and posting some awesome food pics. I, I don't normally just like, oh, here's what I'm, you know, here's, we, we normally don't talk about the bad. And so we see all, we tend to compare our battle with somebody else's breakthrough. You can't do that. Does that make sense? You can't compare, because I'm going to tell you that something else, is you don't know what the battle is someone else was going through. That's why we always say be kinder than necessary, because you don't know somebody else's battle. They may put the neat pic on social media. They may put on a good mask, but you don't know the fight in the house. You don't know the struggle that they're going through. I mean, if we look, we read Galatians 6, 9, we read Galatians 6, I got to hurry, Galatians 6, 9, but I, I kind of want to read the full context of don't grow weary in doing well. Can we do that really quick? So Galatians chapter 6, verse 4, pay careful, you know, matter of fact, I just, we're just going to read the first, we're going to read 6, 4, that's all we're going to read. 
pay careful attention to your own work. Whose work do you pay careful attention to? Everybody say, my own. Pay careful attention to your own work, for then you'll get satisfaction of a job well done. Listen, you don't need to compare yourself to anyone else. For we each are responsible for our own conduct. Listen, man, whatever God's got you in, that vein he's got you in, that path he's got you in, just be faithful where he's put you. Don't compare your work to somebody else's. If you start getting your eyes on somebody else's work and going through all this mind battle of their life, then your work is not getting done. And you magnify the battle in your own life. I love that portion. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, it tells us again, don't worry. We wouldn't dare say that we are as wonderful as those men who tell you how important they are. There's always those people, right? But listen, but they are only comparing themselves with each other and using themselves as a standard of measurement. Listen, he said, Paul says, how ignorant. The only person, the only person that we were ever to compare ourselves with is Jesus. Because what does that make us realize? How much we need Jesus. That's not to depress us. That's not to defeat us. But we realize, I mean, that's why he says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We can never meet that measurement unless we have the intervention of Jesus in our life. Someone might have a better house, but you don't know what's going on inside of that house. Somebody might be driving the cool car, but you don't know how much debt they're in to drive that cool car. And I'm not saying there's anything against having a cool car or anything like that and, and being healthy in your finances. I'm just saying there's a lot of times we think the grass is greener on the other side when we should just be watering our own grass. Number three is this. You are doing better than you think you are. You're doing better. That should have got an amen. You're doing better than you think you are. The enemy, man, he wants you to make you think you've messed up and you can never come back from it. The enemy wants you to think that you're a loser. The enemy wants you to think that it's just all not worth it. The enemy wants you to think the struggle's not worth it. The enemy wants you to think he just wants to defeat you. But I'm going to tell you, this morning you woke up. And hopefully you're awake right now. But you woke up. You're doing better than you think you are. And listen, I know that there's many of us, you have gone through tragedies and trials and, and difficult things in life, but God still has you here. God still has you here. You're doing better than you think you are. Listen, I know, listen, I, I've, I, I've, see, I've, I've seen it. You, you, you don't think I've seen it. But I've seen you get out of your car and, and you and your spouse just going, I mean, just going at it. I've, I've seen it. I'm going to tell you, if there's a time that me and my family are going to, you know, I, I traveled for a lot of years, right? I was talking about a few moments ago. I mean, there's times we're traveling somewhere and I mean, we're to knock down drag out when we pull up in the church's parking lot, but you get out of the car, you're like, yeah. 
I'm going to go preach to these people. <laughs> you, you may have fought all the way here, but you're here now. You're here now. Listen, you got to shift the way that you see sometimes things in life. I mean, you, you got here, you're, you're doing better than you think you are. Mom, you may have lost your lid, flipped your lid at your kids and lost your temper, but you and your kids are here now. Listen, you're, you're doing better than you think you are. Listen, the doctor may have given you a diagnosis that they say there's no hope, but you're here right now. And as long as God still heals, which he does, you're doing better than you think you are because you're getting set up for a miracle. Listen. The divorce papers are not signed yet. There is still redemption and God can bring something together. And matter of fact, God can do it after the papers are signed. I know you may feel like that you're in a prison, that you're somewhere in life that you're getting beat up on and that you're defeated. And that's just the enemy wants to magnify those things in your life. But I want you to know this morning, because God is God and God is on the throne and Christ is at work in your life, you're doing better than you think you are. The Bible says, but you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won the victory over these people because the spirit who is in you is greater than the spirit that's in the world. Yeah. Number four is this. You matter more than you think you do. The Bible says, John, and, 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 and uh, what, wherever we are, Matthew 11, was that where we are? Matthew 11, verse 10. Look, I'm sending my messenger. He will prepare a way. I mean, Jesus said about John the Baptist, there's no, there's no one alive that's been like this man. I just, I just want you to remind you that God has a plan and a purpose for you. And I know that whatever fight you're in right now, whatever battle you may, whatever valley, whatever, whatever, the, whatever that fill in the blank moment is, Whatever that, that, that struggle is, so many times we think, well, God can't use me now. Well, th this area will never get better. I'll, I'll never, never see breakthrough here. I mean, what it, whatever that may be, and you need to know this morning that, that, that that's bunk. I'm try, I was trying to think of some fancy theological word. I couldn't think of it off the fly. I mean, that, that's really, it's bunk. Because what you got to remember is, is that you matter more than you think you do. Listen, God loves you. And God wants good for you more than you want good for you. You matter more than you think you do. And you matter in the grand scheme of things more than you think you do. So many times we, I, listen, I know the script and we, yes, because it's what the scripture tells us to not think more highly of ourselves than we ought. I know that scripture says that, but listen to me very quickly. I, I think a lot of times in church, we deal with a false humility and, and that can range from um, a, a self-conceit to a, um, a, like a, a really poor view of who we think we are. But listen to me, God's purpose for you in the span of all eternity is so much greater than what you can imagine. 
I know that we only see what we see, right? We only, we only see this moment in times that we're here, but you don't know. You don't know in the middle of your fight of, of, of how it's speaking life to somebody else. Because, I mean, you feel defeated. You feel like you're struggling. You feel like you messed up. But there's somebody else looking at you and they're thinking, how are they getting, how is it that they're getting through that? I wish I could live life that way. Does that make sense? I remind you, the scripture tells us, one of my favorite passages, right? No eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor is there into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. Listen, no matter what beautiful thing you've seen, no matter what beautiful melody you've heard, no matter what great dream you've dreamt, God's got something special prepared for you. He does. He does. I'll move on really quick. The last thing. I, you know, just really quick. I, I, I believe that, so Jesus is bringing the reminder to John the Baptist John the Baptist wasn't hearing it because the disciples had walked away, but, John, but he's, he's recognizing, listen, John the Baptist prepared the way. He was fulfilling God's plan for his life. You matter more than you think you do. You matter more when you volunteer to the kids in the back. You, volunteer, you know, matter of fact, I, I, want us to, I want you to pray with, with me for something. I, for a long time, we've had a dream here, and I, just, I really feel like we're kind of on the cusp of it. I was just talking to Pastor Tanya of, before church, and we were just really briefly talked about this, and she, she said, you know, she said, uh, in, in our church, uh, eight, those that are in fifth and sixth grade, fifth and sixth grade, we have at least 17 that are pretty faithful, 17 that come that are in fifth and sixth grade. And, and we've had a long, I just had, I've just always had this vision of Club 56, of having a Wednesday night ministry that targets fifth and sixth graders. Maybe that's for you. There's a lot of people that had influence and shaped me into what I am today that will never realize it until heaven. And so the fifth thing is this, it's less about you than you think. How can it be more about me than I think and less about me than I think? I like 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. I'm going to close with this. When I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words or impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that while I was with you, I'd forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was, what do you say? I decided I would forget everything, forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I came to you in weakness, timid, trembling, and my message and preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied, and this is the key, I relied on what? Let me rephrase that. I relied on who? I relied on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would not trust in human wisdom, but the power of God. 
How can it be more about you than you think and also less about you than what you think? Because we can't do it on our own. We've got to have the work and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit working in our life. We can't make it about us, y'all. It's about Jesus. It's about him. I mean, when you, when you bring together every spiritual discipline, every behavioral truth, every, every spiritual activity, everything that we do, we're doing our 30-day Bible challenge and serving and, and trying to lead a family. To, I mean, it all, listen, without the power of the Holy Spirit working in us and a right relationship with Jesus Christ, what is it all for? We've got to have that empowerment from Jesus. We cannot do well apart from a growing relationship with God. That's why we say here all the time that growing people change. And so he was telling John the Baptist, he was saying, yeah, he's fulfilling his purpose. He did what he was supposed to do. He did the right thing. But listen, he was preparing the way for me. And this is what Jesus is saying. And no matter how, no matter his mission and what he did, all of this points to Jesus, points to Jesus. And so when we live this out, even in the midst of prison, you know who we're giving glory to? We're giving glory to the Lord. We're giving glory to the Lord. We're pointing to him. We're exalting him. I want you to ask you to stand with me this morning. Thanks for joining us on this week's podcast. Be sure to tune in next time for more inspirational messages. Connect with us on social media at Odessa First AG. And if you'd like to support our ministry, visit odessafirstassembly.com forward slash giving. Until next time, stay blessed.